0: What's up everybody? Welcome to episode eighteen of the Totally Biased Podcast. Eighteen. The Big One Eight. The Big One Eight. And a couple more. It'll be the Big Two O. I don't know what we're gonna do for it, but uh it's super exciting. Thank you all for listening. Uh it's been a blast for Nick and I to uh get together for an hour or so each week and put some content t- together for you guys. So uh this week's episode is gonna be great again. We have Some really interesting information. Uh, The first half, we're going to talk about uh, sustained animation. If you don't know what that means, just stay tuned because I didn't know about a half hour ago. It's stuff of sci-fi movies. You guys aren't going to believe that we can do this now. And we're also going to talk about a, a new cell discovery that could stop allergies, which is super exciting and has great implications. And then, of course, our weekly... NFL picks uh, and some NFL discussions that have been going on. Today is Monday, November 25th, almost Thanksgiving. We'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, So the new and first topic we're going to talk about is a uh, new cell discovery that could stop allergies. Um, this uh, discovery was there. the discovery article was published by Australian National University, and the this fi- the uh, cell finding uh, gives hope to people who live with a range of allergic conditions, uh, including asthma and life threatening anaphylaxis.
1: Yeah. So. You want me to take it from here? Sure. All right, I'm gonna take it from here. So essentially, um, there's already like a type of treatment that's gaining he- headway, but this is way different. So the, the leading treatment right now is kind of like an exposure therapy, where you're constantly all day. Um, it's it's you kind of dulls the immune system to the allergy. So like uh, what Cipro was telling me earlier was there's a there's a patch you put on and uh, it'll just slowly release your allergen so that your immune system over the day uh, works up to it. However, obviously if you go too too fast. Uh, we've all gone a little too fast, too quick. But in this case, it could be fatal. Um, so this new thing that they just found over in Australia is a cell that it attacks the mechanism in your body that causes anaphylaxis, because anaphylaxis is a, a an immune reaction that's meant to save you, but it kills you. <laughs> um, and so it doesn't target the allergy, and this is really important. Uh, this one treatment targets the allergy. This targets anaphylaxis. So you'll still be allergic and, you know, have a reaction, but you won't have anaphylaxis where you die mm-hmm. um but i think this also targets you said asthma right yep uh which i mean how many hundreds or thousands of people across the world die of you know asthma? Especially attacks? children it's usually children yeah it's yeah. rare to hear about an adult mm-hmm. so uh we're just going to kind of open this first article and talk about medicine what, what are your first thoughts
0: well first of all hallelujah like this is <laughs> this is a great development yeah um you know i'm lucky enough i don't have any Um, life-threatening allergies. Uh, so you know, I don't know. I don't really know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to make to read every label to make sure there's no peanuts or in a factory where peanuts were you know haven't made or there's residue somewhere. So um, I don't know what that's like. You know, I don't my you know my sisters and my family we don't have any allergies like that. So um, but this is you know I can imagine this is a great breakthrough for anybody that does um or that has had a life-threatening um. incident where you know they got sick um so first impressions obviously amazing you know it's about time that um they found something that can counteract the anaphylaxis uh and and hopefully prevent deaths
1: all right i got a few things to say on the matter shocker i have an opinion uh the big one is um not all heroes wear capes uh we gotta appreciate these scientists we can finally get pb and j's back in the lunchroom of our kids it's a staple on what kids are raised on the world's going to hell since peanut butter allergies became an issue. I mean, I, there's gotta be a direct correlation between people not getting their PB and J's in school. Cause everybody was allergic and had to sit at their own tables and they just got rid of them. And I was sick of it. I was disgusted. I didn't grow up like that. My generation was a little bit better than the one coming up. And the kids seem cranky. A lot of bad things. Kids do bad things. Two words, community inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're not grooming, you know, the next mass atrocity. Um, so I'm really pumped to just see peanut butter back uh, back in the mouths of our wonderful children at school. Now, on a much more serious note, uh, this article talks about what are the implications. Of course, if we can eliminate any sort of anaphylaxis, that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're saving lives, and that should be the most important. But what about they They kind of throw out any allergies if they're uh, targeting one of the mechanisms that trigger this allergy is, What about, like, bee allergies? What about... And these are the big ones. But what about just air allergies when people are just naturally allergic to trees and... Pollen. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, seasonal allergies are gone. What about celiacs, right? This autoimmune thing that happens. Um, You know, there's no proof that they can target this yet. But the implications are that any allergy the body has, they might be able to fight. Um, So, anybody with an autoimmune disease where someone's getting attacked by
0: their own body, Mm -hmm. this could be... Can flip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any any, I mean, any allergies there, I mean, there are so many that, um, you know, this is, I mean, everything starts somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a a great stepping stone, um, for the future of allergies. It looks like, um, Australia. So where this study was, uh, or where this cell was found, um, Australians have some of the, uh, highest rates of, of allergies in the world.
1: Now, I don't know if
0: that's because of location or if that's because of Uh, I don't even know the type of plants or whatever that they. everything's deadly in Australia. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is an an even bigger breakthrough for them just because they have the highest rates in the world. So good for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, and hopefully, hopefully this translates across all different races and ethnicities. Um, every now and then you get something that only works on one or somebody has an adverse reaction. You know, the, the big one that comes to mind is, uh, African-Americans, there was a drug we had that worked on white people, but didn't work on black people. And unfortunately, uh, we were killing people by accident or on purpose, depending who you ask. But, um, so uh, yeah, I think this this is big. This could be, imagine in 10 to 25 years, we're talking about this today, but think about, you know, when we're in our fifties and there's no more allergies.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, and you know, this article also states that the immune, that the immune system is so, so intricate and sensitive that it's really hard to kind of figure out the different triggers and kind of what, you know, why it behaves the way it does and why it's different for everybody and stuff like that. So the fact that they actually have, um, almost, I mean, the beginning of everything or you know, and the, the very, very, you know, bare, bare bones of a human being ourselves. So the fact that we actually have now this severe stepping stone that it should shed some light on the immune system as a whole too. So it may not just be for allergies, but going forward, um, an improvement to immune systems just in general which would be great you know i mean whatever it's at our immune systems are a big part of our body so
1: yeah super important i mean how much more can you manipulate Right, we start with allergies but how much more can you manipulate right. like is exactly. lupus right lupus is an autoimmune disease how much further can this be taken i mean we don't know but it's got it you're right it's got to start somewhere and um they're hailing this as a mega breakthrough so uh, get excited. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that hep C was uncurable and Mm -hmm. you would eventually die of causes of it to the liver or whatever. And now look at, they have a pill that is a bajillion dollars, but, (laughs) um,
0: unaffordable to more than half of the population, but
1: cures 99% of people. Yeah. I mean, we're living in a good time where these breakthroughs come out and for whatever reason, they don't freaking make national news. No, everyone's, cares way more about politics than something like this. This should be making global news. And yet we just found it on the backside of the internet.
0: Yeah. So if you have a question, comment, um, anything related to this article or the future of our immune systems or cell discovery um, and allergies, uh, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at real TV podcast, or send us an email at real at gmail.com. Moving on to sustained animation.
1: All right, so I came across this. This is, guys, if you're wondering, all these breakthroughs—they're fairly new. They've come out in the last two weeks, November. Not in my life, but for global, you know, global science, it's been good. Um, so check this out: suspended animation. If you're a sci-fi nerd, yes, I'm talking about suspended animation. Uh, and now, for all of you who don't know that, let me let me explain. Uh, so, it's essentially lowering somebody's body temperature so low that their cells stop moving. And so they bring you down to somewhere in the low forties, your body temperature to where your brain activity is almost nil and your heart stops beating. The reason this is important is because when your cells get that cold, they don't need to use the oxygen so quickly. So for people who only had like 15 minutes of oxygen, right? This expands it to two to two and a half hours. Um, And yeah, so they're lowering you. And it's been approved for human trials. So next year at this time, hopefully we'll have a follow-up podcast, but, um, they're going to go ahead and release the results of it and essentially the, the qualifications. So there's ethical implications on this, but essentially the qualifications are if you have a 5% chance of living, um, because of a traumatic attack or getting stabbed or shot or something like that, where you need immediate surgery, they'll, uh, set you up on this emergency. Oh, it's EPR. Emergency! Something uh, resuscitation. Shoot! This is why I should have the article out in front of me, but I don't. Um, It's called EPR. Anyway, so uh,
0: thoughts. First of all, why haven't we done this sooner? We've had this technology. Yeah. Like why haven't like why hasn't why is this a thing now? You know.
1: Uh, Um, It was the the ethics behind it.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm not going to be raising my arm to be frozen to see if I come out alive. (laughs) So I guess that's true. Uh, you said they did it. They tested it on animals.
1: Yeah. So we've been able to do this on animals for a while. Um, obviously, human beings are a little bit more complex. They're just the way that we have cognition, and so we're going to find out a little bit more with human trials of like what brain damage occurs and stuff like that. But we've been able to resuscitate rats
0: uh, using very, very similar techniques. Right. Uh, EPR, emergency preservation and resuscitation.
1: There we go. Thank
0: you. <laughs> you're welcome. My goodness. Um, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast about this, and my my question was like, what what's going to be like? I shouldn't say cut off, but like, what's going to be the ultimate deciding factor for someone not to go through this process? You know? Oh yeah, this like, is interesting. Yeah. So you know, obviously, if you're a young adult or young in, ad- in adulthood you know ages well, i don't even know what 15 to 30 or so when you still have 60 70% of your life left you know i feel like those people are going to be more apt to want to do this just so that because they have so much of their life left when you're 55 60 65 and you're towards the end of your life are you really are you really going to a want to spend the money i mean i'm 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 sure you know insurance companies and stuff are going to pick up on this eventually <laughs> and provide that kind of support but um you know at that point you know what are companies going to be like okay uh, at the age of 65 this is no longer an option for you just because of you know future testing and stuff and it's going to throw off statistics or it's just not worth it's not worth it to use that technology on someone that's only going to live 20
1: more years you know or and whatever and a more controversial is, is, is this is going to be an equal opportunity thing right who's going to have access to this if, mm-hmm. are people would like uh, living in low socio- socioeconomic status going to have the same access that people in the upper class have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just the beginning, right? We're going to test it. And we know America. Well, it will not, <laughs> it will not, be, it will not be
0: available for everybody. Uh,
1: not coming to a hospital near you. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. But so there's implications there, but the, another kind of side is that obviously it's going to human trial. So we'll see at the end of the year what this looks like. And if it is successful, it has ramifications. Like, um, I mean, I'm going to just say implications and ramifications like 20 times during this. Um, but some big things to consider here are what more can this do? Like, if we know that it works in crisis situations, what about in a controlled environment where we choose to lower somebody? Like for a heart transplant, kidney transplant, transplant. Just like basic surgery. Just, well, not,
0: not basic surgeries, but like just like planned surgeries. Yeah. Not, not, in, not in just strictly in an emergency situation.
1: Yeah, because why this is so effective and so important is because uh, in a crisis situation, when there's 15 minutes, a surgeon's got to move and you can make mistakes or you just you can't sit there and think for a second. This gives you that opportunity. Yes, you only got two and a half hours, but that's better than 15 minutes, I guess, which is what normally surgeons get in this situation. Um, and so if you can have a really controlled situation, will the success rates of surgeries be more? There'll mm-hmm. be no more bleeding out. You can triple check, you know, you're, you're, you're sewing and slowly Increase the blood pressure back up as you warm them back up.
0: Yeah. Now, as someone who was a criminal justice major, what about this? What if what about the criminal side of this? You shoot somebody now and you kill them. What's the what's like what's you know what's the the base time that you're going to spend in jail, right? Now, say you, you you shoot somebody and they can be saved. Attempted murder. Okay. So is that oh. right? So or like car accidents, same thing if someone is in critical condition and then they can save their life, is it a, is it a a less charge than if it is, if you kill somebody? Uh, so like flip this to like the criminal side of things. It's like, what's that going to like, what what are the implications of that? Do we think?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, because like actual homicide, as opposed to attempted homicide are two completely different things and you're going to get completely different amount of time because of the, the life-saving measures. I mean, it sounds like if, if this becomes mainstream, I think we do need to rework laws. Because, yeah. you know, by sheer luck, you didn't kill someone. You should still be charged. Like you,
0: <laughs> By sheer luck. <laughs> you,
1: you know what I mean? Like, so they got there in time, we're able to freeze them. <laughs> Resuscitate them, yeah. Um. And so, yeah, that is, I didn't even think about that. But that's crazy. Yeah. Like, see, like, this is just medicine coming out. And now it's like, oh, what about this
0: and this? And and there that? are so many, it just, there are so many variables. That we have to think about now.
1: And if it's commonplace medicine, do people in prison get access to this? Oh yeah. So if it's approved by the FDA by law now, you have to have these expensive procedures allowed for inmates. Um they don't okay. get but they don't get transplants a lot of the time. So for instance, they don't make a transplant list because there's like a lot of qualifications and most of them have used drugs. Maybe this is similar. There's qualifications and I'm not saying let the inmates die. I'm just saying in the grand scheme i don't know how mainstream this could become or what you know what the waiting list is like right. it seems like it's pretty in the moment like holy crap we need it now
0: yeah uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see like once this is actually used you know uh, and we we get more data in years and years to come that like how how much of it is it, how much is it being used as emergency transplants rather than just like surgeries and you know ba- you know basic surgeries that you know people could do now that are much harder to, to do now that wouldn't be as hard with this, um, uh, technology. So it will be interesting to see how, like what the, what the percentage is of it being an emergency situation rather than just, um, intricate surgeries that you would need to be successful on, you know, just things like that.
1: It's pretty amazing overall. Overall. I can't believe this exists. This is something when I was in middle school that I saw on TV shows and I wouldn't have thought in a million years that yes, we're going to be able to freeze humans. Um, and then operate on them and bring them back. See in movies. And it's just like well, I got a question: like, What happens to your brain during that time? Are you Are you dreaming? Oh yeah, I can't wait to talk. What, like, yeah, what do you feel? It's like I don't want to be frigid for yeah. hours on end. Well, you'll like, be you'll be put to sleep, right? Or like but still, yeah, like anesthesia. But still, what are you thinking? Like you got to be dreaming or something. But with your brain not being able to
0: utilize or perform at its normal rate, are you dreaming? Will the well, yeah, but will the anesthesia actually work to its full? potential like it's supposed to
1: yeah because there's nothing pumping it through
0: yeah Ooh, i'm all excited <laughs> who knows
1: what this is going to be like i can't wait to read the study next year
0: who knows but yet again please email us comment on it tell us what you think tell us what you've read tell us what you hear uh again at real TV podcast on social media and at real podcast at com if you uh want to just continue the conversation about uh these two really awesome, cool, uh, breakthroughs and what the implications are. So that takes care of the first half of this week's episode. When we come back, we're going to jump into some NFL, uh, news and notes. And of course we'll finish off with our NFL picks. We'll, We'll be right back.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Here we go. It's going to be all football. We're going to be talking about some teams, some stuff that happened this week, throwing out our MVP picks. Um, But first, we got to discuss last night's game. (laughs) The uh, astounding rivalry and thumping that it was, the Packers versus 49ers. And the Packers were a Super Bowl pick of a one, Cameron Preventure. (laughs) So go ahead, Cam, take this away.
0: Well, so my underlying... Packers you know reasoning here was I didn't think the 49ers were for real a couple weeks ago I had mentioned that um, the teams they had played they weren't very good their defense was coming back down to earth you know they almost lost the the two games that were the closest were actually the Arizona Cardinals which is surprising um, so last night I was looking forward to this I was like here we go Green Bay is a good team they were eight and two Rogers looked good their defense is underrated in my opinion a little bit They have Aaron Jones, who's been a top five back all season. uh, Devontae Adams was finally healthy. They were coming off a bye.
1: Yeah. And they
0: got shellacked by the 49ers last night. And of course, you know, Nick and I, this was one of the games that we picked differently last week. So we were watching this game pretty closely. And um, I can still hear Nick screaming in my head from last night. So (laughs) that was, that was, uh, that's how my night went. Um, So, Aaron Rodgers last night, 20 of 33, 104 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was in garbage time too, because they were down 30 to nothing or 23 to nothing at the time. They had to throw and throw and throw. Uh, And so garbage time. Um, The leading rusher for the Packers wasn't even Aaron Jones. It was uh, Williams. I forget his first name, Um, but uh, was Williams. 11 carries for 45 yards. Garbage. Um, their leading receiver was De- Devonte Adams, seven for forty-three and a touchdown. Very pedestrian for him. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. And Jimmy G and Crew torched. Well, specifically Jimmy G and George Kittle torched the Packers defense last night. Granted, you know sixty of Kittle's one hundred and thirty yards were one touchdown play. Um, but still, you know, <laughs> it was a had, touchdown play. He had five. He had. So that, I mean, so that means he had five for 70 the rest of the day, which isn't bad, which isn't bad, but it's not George Kittle. So that's just that. But you're taking that it, just, no, but that just reminds you how, like just how much of a threat Kittle is. Cause it, it, it takes one play. I was just going to say, you're saying yards. like take away his big play capability. And but what that's what he, yeah, but that's what he does. Um, you know, it was 37 to eight was the final. The last touchdown they scored was in junk time as well, so it was twenty three to nothing for a majority of the game. Um, the fourth quarter, the the second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter were just like junk time. And you know, is um, what it is. So my uh, Super Bowl pick, Green Bay Packers, just put up a goose pretty much yeah. last <laughs> night. And uh, hot take, hot take, not looking good for uh, not looking good for C Pro. Um, and this just leads me to say that I need to start taking the 49ers seriously. I think this was a really good test. Um, and you know, Rogers hasn't had this many weapons in a, in a few years now, the offensive line is great. I know they they were banged up a little bit last night, but, um, I don't know. I think this is, this is the beginning for me. Um, San Francisco has to go to Baltimore next week. So they have, you know, two tests back to back. They passed this one with, with, you know flying colors. So, we'll see. But I believe that even if they lose to the Ravens next week, but they keep it close, I still think that's a vote of confidence for the 49ers.
1: I got to agree with you there. I we were talking about it you guys weren't here, so we'll let you in. Uh, I asked a question last night. I go, is there any team that you said that you can comfortably say could handle the Ravens? And I think we both came to the conclusion like there's no team, there's teams that could beat them maybe, but there's no team that I feel comfortable saying they will beat the Ravens. There's not one team right now in the NFL. There are teams that I think can compete, but I just don't think, and I think you'll agree with me, right? Yes. Uh, um, as far as the Niners, all right, we're going to find out how real the Niners are, and I think this is important. <laughs> I'm not – I'll come back. Don't worry to the the old Packers. But <laughs> they have the Niners, then the Saints. They get a week off when they burst the Falcons. Wait,
0: wait. You mean the Ravens? You just said the Niners.
1: Oh, sorry. The Niners versus the Ravens, then the Saints, get a week off with the Falcons, and then – the Rams and Seahawks.
0: Okay, so they, they, they do have a tough end of their schedule.
1: I mean, and on top of that, they had the Packers this past week. I was shocked because it was game of the week for me. Like, if there's one football game I'm going to watch, it's going to be yeah. the Packers Niners. I, who wasn't excited for that? And I don't know what
0: happened. Uh, Aaron let us down, and I'm not. And the thing is, too, is that you know because there are two teams that are nine and two in the NFC. Right behind them at ten and one, that they play the Saints. They play Seattle again. Like they they're gonna to have to beat both of those teams to keep that top spot. So um, the next couple of weeks for the Niners are gonna be very telling, and they have the Ravens. Like they have Saints, Seattle, and Baltimore in the next what four weeks? Right, five weeks. So yeah, it's gonna be it'll be a test. Um, you know, we we both said the Niners weren't gonna keep that one spot. Um, so far, so good, but they have <laughs> a, they have th- three really tough teams coming up.
1: If they beat Baltimore, it's a whole different team. And it's possible. I mean, teams get better as they go on throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think our big issue we had with, you know, I've been a Jimmy G fan. I said I'm going to go with them until uh, I don't have a reason to, minus this sweep with the Ravens because it's the freaking Ravens. But um, they just weren't passing the eye test. But last night, they uh, <laughs> oh, they
0: uh, yeah. they showed up in a big, big way. Flying colors. Uh, okay, so that takes care of my Sam Fran and Pac Takes. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: I just, what I need to, I just remember. Oh, my Green Bay pick. <laughs> There's a guy who picked the Green Bay Packers. If, if we're just going to listen to anybody on this cast, uh, how about someone who's not totally biased? <laughs> uh, I, I like to go with logic and numbers here. I don't like to go with gut feelings on Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs> uh, the Green Bay upcoming schedule. Check this out. Giants, Redskins, Bears, Detroit.
1: Oh, wow. They're Garbage.
0: Gonna... The only game they have is minnesota at minnesota second to last game of the week that and they're both eight and three so that actually could be for the division in week 16 but obviously um, yeah oh, that's week 16 yeah oh that's sweet so yeah so uh green bay at giants home against washington home against chicago at minnesota at detroit so compared to the niners they have a much easier schedule the niners um, gotta have the like the first or second most difficult schedule in the nfl you know who has one of the top ones now too is buffalo yeah buffalo Buffalo (laughs) is just (laughs) buffalo uh listen one of my one of my best calls and i will say this until i die on the podcast josh allen being a top tier quarterback this year has been my best call yet granted this is like i said this has only been the first year we've done this so but buffalo has dallas baltimore Pitt, new england in the next four weeks So, and they're 8-3, and so we are going to find out if Josh Allen is for real or not. Now, granted, there are two sides to every game, offense and defense. So, you know, if, you know, he has a great game, but they still lose, you know, you know, it's not totally on his fault or on on his shoulders, I I should say. Um, So we'll see. I, you know, I'm a big Josh Allen fan, so we'll see how that goes. Um, All right. So let's talk about, you want to talk about Dallas or Pittsburgh next?
1: We get down on the Pittsburgh train because okay. I like I like Dallas after this because there's some there's a lot of questions there, but I'm biased on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so we need to have a discussion. My Steelers have no wide receiver, no running back, no quarterback, missing a key component of their line. Pretty much, uh, we got nobody on the offensive side of the ball. It's a big problem. Yet we're six and five. We started the season unexpectedly losing our starting quarterback. Right. Uh, with a brand new offense, but we started out one and three. We've since. Oh, and three. We started out oh, and three. Yep. So you've uh, gone
0: six and two.
1: So we've gone six and two since uh, week four. Since week four. Now, I know that the steel, like, I agree with you from our previous thing that it's like the Steelers have this false hope. I know we're not a Super Bowl team, but at what point do you look at the Steelers? Obviously, we had a awful start to the season, but given the circumstance, we didn't have a quarterback, and we really still don't, but we've put the pieces together to have one of the best defenses we've had in years. And we sit six going
0: forward, going forward,
1: going forward. We yeah. sit six and two and I don't feel like anybody in the NFL. I, I'll be honest. You go back three weeks. I wasn't taking the Steelers very serious. All of a sudden in my head, I'm like, wait a second. If you take away the rough starts of the season and understand why that was there and who we've added with uh, Fitzpatrick on our defense, it's starting to come together. Dalvin Bush is, it's his rookie season. And he's he was the communicator on the defense to start, and he was making a ton of piss poor calls in the first couple of games, mm-hmm. um, but now I, they just they kind of have a rhythm, and it's like, are we a gimme game? Are we the gimme game? Are we going to the playoffs?
0: And I guess I'm totally biased. I think I see a solid avenue. The two teams that you've lost to in the last eight weeks have been the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns are on the up and up now a little bit, a little too little, too late, but we know the Ravens. they're they're the second best team in the AFC and arguably one of the hottest teams right now in all of football. So, like, the two teams that you've lost to are, like, you know, are arguably, like, fine teams to lose to, you know? Um, The teams you've beaten, however, have not been great. (laughs) Cincinnati, Chargers, Miami, Indy, Rams, that was a good one. And the Colts. And Cincinnati again. Oh, you said Indy, yeah. Yeah. So... You know, haven't been great teams, but big game against the uh, Browns this week, big game against Buffalo in three weeks, and then big game against Baltimore. Who knows?
1: That could be for the, it won't be for the division. That's I like mean, you're
0: only, you're three games back.
1: So statistically, <laughs> statistically
0: it could be, but that the Ravens to would have to drop off. Like yeah. Lamar
1: Jackson has to get hurt. Yeah. Um. I think it's important to note for what it matters. Even when we were at our worst in the first, those first three games, we lost to the Seahawks by 2 points and the Niners by 4. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a blowout. The only blowout we had was when Ben Rothersberger was still at home uh week 1 versus the Patriots and we got demoed. Um right. but that's the only time we've gotten demoed. Uh even when we lost to the Browns it was 7-21. It wasn't like the most crazy upset of all time. So
0: I don't So w- right now the Steelers sit uh, in the sixth seed. They they hold the tiebreakers over Oakland, Indy, and Tennessee. There are four teams at six and five right now, including the Steelers. So
1: we're in the playoffs. Yeah, you're in the playoffs. This is the most excited if I've the, been on year If the
0: playoffs if the season ended today, Pittsburgh would be going to Houston for the division. <laughs> of- okay. So out of so do we think New England or Baltimore are gonna drop out of the one two? doesn't matter how they do it, but do you think Baltimore and New England are gonna be the two, the first and second seeds? No no matter what. Yeah. Okay. So at at that point, Houston is three, KC is four, Buffalo is five. You're two games behind Buffalo, and Kansas City, Oakland, uh, are one game from each other. And so either of those teams could win the division. So out of Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, or possibly Oakland, Oakland would be the one team that you would want to play. Obviously, in the playoffs, they're not very good. Good, but. Out of Houston, Casey, and Buffalo, is there a team there that you would much rather play over Houston? It's gonna actually, it's gonna be that division winner. I so think, it's yeah, it's it's gonna be Houston or uh, I think Buffalo. Okay, I
1: think us and Buffalo in ways are similar. I think our defense is superior, but I think our defense can handle their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is their defense is solid, and I don't know if we have anything on
0: offense that can score against them. The only way that you and Buffalo, as the six seed, would face-off is if Buffalo won the division. So that that, that wouldn't even work. So never mind. Uh, The Patriots have to drop off. So yeah, I mean, so you're looking at Houston, Kansas City, or Oakland. If Oakland passes Kansas City for the division. That won't happen. But we've seen Houston to be vulnerable. We've seen KC has lost four games already. Like, these teams are beatable.
1: Yeah, but, no, but I don't I don't know if the Steelers have the capacity to And you and you're going on
0: the road no matter what in the first playoff. Like, <laughs> that, that sucks anyway.
1: And also, if you guys don't know the controversy this week in the Steelers locker room, um besides the fighting is Mason Rudolph <laughs> got benched for Dalvin Hodges. And Dalvin Hodges came out and played like a game managing quarterback, which is the expectation for a third string undrafted quarterback. Uh what do you go for? Like a buck ten with a touchdown or something like that? No no picks, fifty percent.
0: Uh who? Uh, Delvin you know, Hodges. Oh Hodges. Um Hodges went I have it right here. He went five for eleven, one eighteen and one. That's not bad for a quarter or for a
1: half. No, because he got benched in the third quarter, so like a quarter and a half. Quarter and a half if you double eighteen
0: and one. Yeah. If you double those stats, it's about two fifty with two tighties. Right? Yeah, but 10, 10 completions for two hundred yards is very rare. That's twenty yards of completion. That doesn't happen very often.
1: Correct. But, and I mean you gotta re rework the offense around your quarterback's needs. But um I'm just I don't know what's going on with a quarterback situation, but it makes you miss Big Ben quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean shit. When you're
0: when you're missing a Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah, that's gonna suck. Yeah, that's I mean suck. big big cleats to fill no matter what. Well, when we were talking about this during the games, you definitely it's like it really it's a bummer that you lost Ben, Bell, and Brown because with this defense now, you're easily a Super Bowl contender with those three.
1: Oh, easily.
0: Like Even like Ben having a bad game. Yeah.
1: Like our defense has been winning games for – yeah. So that's depressing when you say that. Um, (laughs) All right. So I just wanted to – anybody who's listening to really think about – I don't know that you write the Steelers off in the sense where you think that your team can walk by them if you're one of our remaining teams, uh, unless you're the Ravens. But as far as like a team – like I don't know. I just don't think we're a gimme game like we were three weeks ago. I think all of a sudden – Give us the respect to say that you got to try. We're not exactly. the Bengals. We're not Miami.
0: And this is a good. It's a good example of if you, if, it doesn't matter who you have on on offense. Defense wins championships, and if you have a good defense, you are in every single game. It's true. It doesn't matter.
1: And our defense has not taken a game off,
0: which is shocking. So, the next topic before our picks uh, is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Dallas Cowboys now sit at six and five in the NFC East. Uh, one game up on the Eagles that are five and six, and uh, three games or four games up on the Giants of Washington that are both two and nine. First question: Has the NFC East replaced the AFC East as the worst division in football? Um, who's the AFC East? Pats, Bills, okay. Jets, Dolphins. Ooh, how they! Re- the AFC East has been the garbage the basement of the division since since almost since brady has been You've had six, at the helm six guaranteed wins a year yeah six guaranteed wins a year and now that new england's 10 and 1 buffalo's 8 and 3 the jets are 4 and 7 they've won 3 in a row i believe yep and miami is well miami 2 and 9 but both the giants and the redskins are both 2 and 9 philly is 5 and 6 and dallas is 6 and 5 a 7 and 9 team could win the division in the NFC East this year, Dallas and Philly still play each other this year. So, has the NFC East replaced the AFC East as the worst division in football? At least for this year, I'm going to
1: have to say, yeah, definitely. Um, the Jets have, if they, they, I'm going to be pissed if the Jets just figure something out here at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, between the Bills and the Pats, like the Pats don't have their division, even though we're so used to them winning. The the Pats have a couple bad games. They still have to play the Bills one more time, correct? Mm-hmm. And that could win and the Jets. Yeah, I mean, and the Jets maybe are figuring stuff out. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm really with you on that. That I think the Cowboys division is the easiest,
0: though. It's competitive with the Eagles. Will a team below 500 win that division this year? No. Okay, so either Dallas or Philly. will It'll be... at
1: least be eight and eight. Okay. Okay. What about what do you, what do you think about
0: that? I I I believe so too. I there's there's been a couple years. There's been a couple years where a seven and nine team has won. It was the it was the year I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year that the NFC West, the Niners, Seahawks, Rams were all terrible. I think Seattle went to the playoffs at seven and nine. Yeah, because that was the year that I think Marshawn Lynch had that crazy epic run against the Saints. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like had that crazy touchdown run that like they play it every time. Oh, that's where like everybody talks about revamping the playoff system. Yeah, so um. A 7-9 team has made the playoffs. Um, I, I, I believe that as well, that Dallas or Philly will have a winning record or be 500 and win the division. Um, but Wait, what's the, what's the Cowboys' problem? We need to talk about well, that. Well, that's what I'm getting to right now. So, um, uh, f- uh, first take, um, talked a lot about the Cowboys this morning, and Stephen A. Smith said that Jason Garrett was the problem, and Max Kellerman said that Jerry Jones was the problem. Now, before we get into this debate, let me just tell you who Dallas has beaten this year. They're six and five. Okay, week one they beat the Giants. Giants are two and nine. Week two they beat Washington, two and nine. Week three they beat Miami, two and nine. Loss, loss, loss. Uh, week I forget what that is. Week seven now or whatever they beat Philly, six and five. Or uh, Philly's five and six. Next week Dallas beat the Giants, two and nine. Lost to Minnesota. Next game, they beat Detroit, who's only three and they're three and six and one, I think, right now.
1: Ooh. And
0: they lost to New England. Like Dallas has not beat a team that's over five hundred. That is interesting.
1: That is real
0: interesting. They have not. We walked into last night's game, and even you were like, "I don't know, man." Like, yeah, it's good. They, they had the number one total offense, and the pass of the number one total defense. Now. This Run back the stats. And Dak's leading the NFL in and passing, passing yards. yards. Yeah. And r- if you run it back, the number one total defense has the majority of wins over the number one total offense. So, they have not That's beat anybody. That's a deceiving anybody. best offense, though. That's a
1: really deceiving best offense. Correct. When you're versing a scrap heap of the NFL.
0: Now, I do not watch Dallas Cowboy games, okay? We're, uh, you're a Steelers fan. I'm a pass fan. You all know that listening to this. We do not watch uh, Dallas Cowboy games. However... Yesterday, there were many questionable calls. Whether it was at towards the end of the game on a fourth, a fourth and an eleven down by seven, well, third, you're going to need a you're going to need a you're going to need a touchdown no matter what. So do you just go for it then, or do you kick a field goal and you still need a touchdown? You know what I mean? Like um, there was that call. There was uh, just the fact that like the passing game wasn't doing anything yet you went away from it in the last quarter and a half. Like Zeke was getting four yards to carry. Like, why did, why did you go away from Zeke? The the dude falls, and he gets four yards.
1: Feed him. And you're, if there's one, like, vulnerable thing to the Patriots' defense, it's probably the run game. Like, you're not going to pass against them. We can all conclude that. I know it's a pass league. Run it. If you have the running back, just freaking beat up that defense so that you can do the play action. And then maybe, but you guys play
0: man-to-man, what is it, like 80% of the time or something stupid like that? Some stupid number like that. And also, Amari Cooper had one target all game. Gilmore was shadowing him we all know how good Gilmore is for the last four years he's been a top three cornerback yeah I don't care I don't care if he's against Gilmore or against the worst cornerback in the league give him at least a shot yeah one target that was picked off Gilmore had more receptions than Cooper did yesterday <laughs> That's He brutal. did brutal and it's like I don't care if he's being guarded by the best cornerback in the league give him a shot give him five give him six shots like How do we know that Gilmore is the best if no one targets him?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean mean. because it's
1: scary, though. Um, So, like, my problem, too, is that you have no excuse as a professional football team to only put up nine points. That is silly. I don't care if it is the best defense in the league. Like, at some point, you reevaluate to say, okay, what we're doing is not working. Let's start running trick plays. Let's start doing crazy stuff, wildcat, anything. And they're just like, let's stick to the game plan. That is getting us field goals. That's a problem. That's a coaching issue. Field goals do not win games. Absolutely not. And right now, if there's a time that you can beat the Patriots, it is now. They don't have the offense that can, if you can have like a competitive offense, they don't have the offense that can keep up with you. Now, you're not going to put up 30 points on the Pats. Their defense is too good. But it's not unreasonable to think that you could score three touchdowns in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, The Patriots defense is obviously really good. I just think it's obnoxious that you couldn't get in the end zone. Like, it's just like, it shows. I think it's a coaching problem. I'm all on the coach. Like, that's no excuse. You can't walk away from the game. They played a hell of a game.
0: Yeah, they did, but you sucked. Okay. So, I, I, so I, I agree with that. Just as the Jerry Jones argument goes, Jerry Jones has a history of hiring coaches that are pushovers so that he can micromanage and get who he wants and pay who he wants and gets who he wants on the field his way. Mm -hmm. Jason Garrett is not a, he's not a, I don't even know what to put it. He's, he's not like a go-getter. He has no attitude. He has no bite. He has no, you know, he's very vanilla, (laughs) very vanilla. uh, You know? So the other argument is just that Jerry Jones puts the coaches. He wants there on purpose because he can manipulate them and get them to do what he wants. So, You know, is it really a Jerry Jones problem because he doesn't want to, uh, give the time of day to the coach that is going to be tenacious. That's the word I'm looking for. Tenacious. Tenacious. You got to want to win and win at all costs. Like you, you, you just have to be, you just have to be brutal. You have to be brutal sometimes. And so if a, if a coach is soft, well, what does that happen? Come trickles down to the players, right? Oh, tell me about it. Bryant was a prima donna for a little bit there. Um, you know, Dak hasn't, you know, he Dak is Dak, I mean, Dak's been great. He's a he's a great professional and a great player. Um, but, you know, um there's been, you know, in the in the past couple of years, there's been um uh you know, disagreements with either, you know, coaching, play calling, or attitudes and stuff like that. You know, it it hasn't been a completely smooth uh sailing adventure for Jason Garrett since he's been with the Cowboys. Um, but you know, that's just the that's just the owner argument that he puts Jerry Jones puts the coaches in places that he knows he can manipulate and kind of get to do what he wants them to do. And then the uh, Jason Garrett side of things is just game planning, scheming and play calling. So it's but, just kind of, you know, I'm sure, you know, if, if you're a, a, a Cowboys fan, please, you know, um, let us uh, know what you yeah. think. Let, so let us check know. Check
1: this stat out. This is Jason Garrett's 10th season in his entire time of a coach. He's only had three seasons. Of double-digit wins. Has he only coached for the Cowboys? Only coached for the Cowboys. Okay. Um, In 10 seasons? In 10 seasons. Okay. Three three times with double-digit wins. Um, Of that, he's only had four seasons with a winning record.
0: How many playoff games has he won?
1: One or two. He didn't win any with Romo, right? Or did Romo win one? I I think he might
0: have won one. I don't
1: know. So I'm just saying that's awful that that's something that's like Bengals committing to Marvin Lewis for no reason. Like um, this guy's not producing and you're going through great, you know, next gen talent players find someone who knows how to use them. Why wouldn't you go after Andy Reed when he was available? Like there's certain, I don't know. Why wouldn't you go after uh, Bruce Arians? Like there's tons of coaches Freaking, maybe even John Gruden might know a thing a little bit more about getting a freaking winning record.
0: I just think it's obnoxious. That's all. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup now, who's playing very well.
1: Who's the dude on the defense?
0: Well, just hear me out. La'El Collins, offensive tackle. Zach Martin, uh, offensive lineman. Uh, uh, Frederick, I forget his first name. Literally, I just named, what, six or seven players that everybody knows who they are. They're all, they're all superstars at, the, at their respective positions. Defense, you have Demarcus Lawrence, you yeah. have Michael Bennett, You have uh, Jeff Heath. You have Sean Lee. You have uh, Jalen Smith. I literally just named almost 12 players that everybody knows because they're superstars at their positions. This is a Super Bowl contending roster.
1: It has the ability to be.
0: And so the fact that they're either 500 or just above it every year, he's only had four seasons of over double-digit wins. Something's got to give here something's got to give it eventually. I, you know, I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's Jerry Jones. I don't know if it's GM or I don't even know if, what, what it is, but you have a super bowl contending roster and they are, they have not even come close to that. Yeah. They haven't even come close. So um, that wraps up. Oh, wait, but before we go, uh, our MVP wait, and wait, Rick, the picks. MVP,
1: we're going to have to put that off. Cause that's a whole conversation for next week's episode. Okay. Um, if you guys want to hear our MVP picks, it's coming at you next Sunday night. Uh, well, Monday mornings when we put up, but we record it Sunday night. So we'll have a segment on the MVPs. Uh, we only have so much time every week, so we just got excited about all the stuff happening in the NFL. Uh, bottom line though, I think they do need it. I, Jerry Jones is his own worst enemy. I agree with you, but they do need a new, like a new head coach who can friggin' do something with something, with the talent pool that he has.
0: All right. So when we come back, we're going to do our NFL uh, picks recap from last week and talk about who we have different this week. And going forward, we'll be right back.
1: Why, hello, everybody. It is I, Nick. Rise to the occasion, Rogers. And that's what I do. Yes, I'm introducing this week's pick segments. Why? Because I won again, and I'm still in the lead. I've been in the lead. Well, you didn't win this week. We tied this week, but you were you won last week. Yeah, so out of here. Over. I am. I am <laughs> on my soapbox, guys. I took a little bit this season to get where all the teams were at, but now that I understand, I have been leading in record. For six weeks now. This is my sixth consecutive week. C Pro, as he might try valiantly, has not been doing well. All right. He cannot seem to take the lead and he won't this week either. We tied this week. So, yes, I maintain a winning record of one above him. I have 112, 59 and one on the season and he has a merely measly 111, 60 and one. But this week's different. This is for all the cookies. This this, this could, could be, be big. Yeah. We have six different picks this week. For all those who've been rooting for me, I appreciate that. Um, I must have prayers on my side because there's been some games that I pulled out. Hey, luckily. guy has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> probably not. He probably has more important things to be doing. All right. So we're gonna just go down the six games that we have different. And uh Tonight's game we both have the
0: same. We both have the Ravens tonight.
1: Yes, I would probably just both pick Ravens all season. True. Um, game one, Detroit at Chicago or Chicago at Detroit?
0: Chicago at Detroit. Chicago at Detroit. I picked Chicago. You picked Detroit. Yes, I picked Detroit for a couple of reasons. One, I think that uh, there's a really good chance that Stafford is back this week. Um, he, before his injury, he had 2,500 yards, 19-5. and 5, So – Um, Pretty consistent as far as, uh, you know, passing yards and and, uh, stats go. Um, And uh, Detroit has been better at home this year um, than people really like to kind of point out. Um, So I'm taking them at home. Chicago, Chicago to me is just like hit or miss. Like they have, they're just not consistent enough. You know, um, Mitch, the bitch, as we call him, you know. Has like good weeks, and then he has weeks where he's he's, like still in college. You know, yeah. (laughs) So I don't, I don't really get what they're doing. Um, Don't get me wrong. You know, Allen Robinson has had a great year for Chicago. Um, Their running backs are all over the place. There's never, there's really no number one, Uh, and so I just like the Lions at home with their star quarterback coming home, and uh, I think um, Detroit wins it.
1: All right, so I probably won't watch this game because I have better things to do with my life than watch mediocrity. First of all, these are the
0: the this one is is on Thanksgiving, so you're, you're probably right. The where, where we're going for Thanksgiving does not have TV, so where
1: we're going. There is no cable. Um, <laughs> uh, Bummer. So, yeah, I don't know. So I guess yeah, if Matt Stafford comes back, I'll probably put my my foot in my mouth. But I was just thinking, backup quarterback um, Khalil Mack is going to eat you up. Um, I don't care. Rookie quarterbacks aren't going to perform well with Cleo Mack. This is a team that the defense carries. Um, and that you hope that your quarterbacks don't make a lot of mistakes. So, um, that's pretty much why just, uh, if Matt Stafford comes back, it could be a different story, but the, I still think Chicago's defense is good enough. If they show up to make it and please mess going to take the week off. He wants Thanksgiving. Driscoll with was bad for the lions this week. So I really hope he comes back. <laughs> Driscoll was awful. Um, Next game, Indy at Tennessee? Indy
0: at home against Tennessee.
1: Oh, yeah. That's why I picked Indy and you picked Tennessee. (laughs) Let
0: me remind you of how high I was on the Titans last week. And let's go ahead and get the stats from this past week for our Tennessee Titans. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Check this out. They rolled Big Dick Nick, who has yet to win in a Jaguars uniform, mind you. I don't, I don't know if you. I don't know if you knew that he has not won a game for Jacksonville yet this year. You Give it time. They are contemplating benching him, but that's outrageous. Well,
1: I guess we don't want to get him hurt.
0: Okay, the Titans took Jacksonville to the woodshed. Okay, this week, and let me just remind you once again: Brian Tannehill, since week seven, has been the number three fantasy quarterback on a per game points basis. That's outrageous. Since week 7, That's he's outrageous. been the quarterback 3 in fantasy on a per game on a, on a points per game basis. That is insane. Marcus, Why is nobody talking about him? Marcus Mariota. The thing of the may past. Maybe done in Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Maybe. He's gone.
0: Ryan Tannehill, 14 of 18, 260 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns running as well. Four to- total touchdowns on the day for Mr. Tanny.
1: The old Lamar Jackson look.
0: Derrick Henry, folks, he is a bowling ball running downhill at all times.
1: He's, he's crazy. 19
0: carries, 160 yards, two touchdowns, okay? And uh, that's not even counting. How many his... receptions? Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. He had, oh, one reception for 16 yards. So not great, but he had one target, so he he caught the one ball. And listen, a- A.J. Brown, who had 135 yards this week, uh, was the leading receiver for 10. Tennessee, mo- who most of uh, the analysts thought uh was the best talented wide receiver coming out of the draft, and then once he went to Tennessee, everybody was like, "Well, shit, like, he's, he's got <laughs> Mari- Mar- Mariota." But he's playing great now with Tennessee. L- listen, I'm I'm riding the Tannehill, Henry, and AJ Brown train uh again this week. They're going to go into Indy and uh, show them what's up. Also, um, they both have a six and five record. And so um, this could be for uh, just a, a step up in the division because both of them are one game behind Houston, and the Pats play Houston. So if the Pats beat Houston and Tennessee wins, they're all of a sudden tied for first place in their division.
1: Listen, I, it's cool. You can throw out those numbers, blah, blah, blah. I have said the Colts are going to win their division this year. It has been said by Nick that that's going to happen. Jacoby Brissett is the real deal, and he's only getting better. All right. Uh, granted, the big loss
0: was Mack, right? Who? The Colts? Yeah. No? That was the Raiders that lost him. Oh, you mean Marlon Mack? Yeah. I I was like, what the... are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> the yeah, like they got Josh yes. Jacobs.
1: Yes, um, the big loss
0: was Mack, yes.
1: That's a big loss. But I think Jacoby's finally at the point where the game could be on his hands, and he's going to show you what he can do this week. Good luck, Tennessee, coming in to somebody else's stadium and winning. I don't. You're not putting up four touchdowns, Ryan Tannehill besides the fact that you're tinfoil and you're a hit away from being crumpled again.
0: So we'll see. Okay, um, hang on real quick, real quick. If Tennessee, like I think they will jumps Indianapolis and they are they're one game behind Houston, right? They'll have to beat Houston when they play each other week 15 and Houston has to lose against the Pats this coming week, which is very possible. Tennessee has a road to winning the the. the division here so Houston, Houston and Indianapolis have split their games and now let's see who uh let's see how did Tennessee do against Houston the first time where are they oh they they haven't even played them yet they play Tennessee twice before the oh. end of the season Houston does Tennessee could take this division folks Ten, uh, Ryan Tannehill could take the NFL by storm.
1: Yo, Jacoby Brissett's going to silence you all up next week. Very well. If
0: they lose this week, it's over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For either team, I think. This is a a must win for either team. Yes, must win. Um, Next up, Steelers versus the Browns. Browns are going to the Steelers. Not surprisingly, I picked my Steelers, and you picked the lowly Browns. Yes,
0: I have picked the lowly Browns. Cuss you have. Cuss you have. Listen, Mason Rudolph got scared shitless two weeks ago in that fight. He got benched halfway through the third quarter this week. And he is not playing against the Browns next week for that very reason. So I'm picking basically Baker Mayfield over Delvin Hodges or whatever his first name is. Um, Cleveland has looked better in the last couple of weeks. They have won three in a row. They beat Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Miami. So two of, the, of those three teams uh, have, you know, we talked about Pittsburgh before, and we talked about Buffalo earlier. So Pittsburgh and Buffalo strong teams Miami not so much but they put the shoes to Miami which is what they should have done um Cleveland has Pittsburgh Cincinnati Arizona uh Baltimore and Cincinnati twice they 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 could get on a, on a run here but uh too little too late they've already lost seven games you know uh Baltimore is gonna win the division who's already lost seven games Cleveland oh yeah they suck um... oh no sorry five and six not yet but um uh, I just think that Baker, OBJ, and this the newly uh, Kareem Hunt trio, uh, oh, my God, not to mention Jarvis Landry, who scored in four straight games, I think, now. He's been on a tear. So uh, I'm just taking the hot hand here with a better offense than Pittsburgh, and I think the Cleveland D will be able to hold Hodges in check.
1: Yeah, without Miles Garrett, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um So this is a grudge match. Everybody knows this is how the Steelers play, right? You put us in a grudge match. We get snippy, we get dirty, but we win. You're not going to come into our house. Dalvin Hodge is at the helm, all right. You're not going to. You're not going to come in our house, and you're not going to wipe the floor with us. Um, your quarterback, who's thrown 14 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, is not going to win this game. All right, that's enough of that. Sure, he did it the first time, but we also had Mason Rudolph at the helm, and we were going to them. It's. I mean, we have a great record versus uh, the Browns. For, for no, I don't know. We're like the Dolphins to the uh, the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? Somehow we just can win games. Um, there's, this is a pretty important game. This gives us the wild card. And so, well, puts us in a oh, hold on. The wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, you know, stopping the bleeding. So I don't know. I have faith in my Steelers and that I think the defense is going to shake Baker up a little bit this game. Okay. Next.
0: Um,
1: Jags versus bucks. Uh, I think it's at the Jags. You are correct. I just picked this for the home team.
0: Both, both teams are four and seven. Tampa Bay's three and three on the road. Jacksonville's two and three at home. Listen, I just told you Nick Foles hasn't won yet in a Jaguars uniform. The trend continues this week. Jameis Winston, twenty-two touchdowns, twenty picks. Could he lead the league in both this year? He could. He could. Thirty-three hundred yards, twenty-two touchdowns, twenty picks. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike and uh, Mike Evans. Godwin is out of control. Yes. Godwin's got 70 for over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns already. He still got five weeks left. Yeah. He's insane. Mike Evans can put up insanely wide receiver one numbers at any point during the season. I just think Winston just wings it. Winston wings it this week. Uh, probably has a couple picks in there, but that won't matter. Uh, I just think the uh, the offensive weapons of Tampa Bay are going to outlast Big Dick Nick and his uh, Fournette and Chark, both of which have been good too this year. Fournette had a great year, uh, had a great day yesterday, Uh, two two touchdowns and nine receptions. He had 12 targets in the passing game for Fournette. So he's becoming more and more pass-heavy, which is great for fantasy owners, but it's not going to be enough to get past Winston's winning ways, if you will.
1: Yeah, all four of them. Um, (laughs) So I don't think uh, Jameis Winston's consistent enough. Um he could easily suck and throw eighteen interceptions this game. Uh, I think Big Dick Nick, as we've been calling him, at some point he's got like he had, you gotta think, he just started with a team, got injured. He's been coming back to form. I think eventually he's due to win and this seems like a pretty winnable game. Um unfortunately I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I just uh, it's either Nick wins this or we're calling back up Gardner. Um next up is the Rams in zona. Or the Rams at zona.
0: No, uh, yes, yes, Azona, yes
1: I picked the Rams, you picked Azona
0: Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me Colin Murray, it seems like every game he's gotten better Okay, Colin Murray stats on the season 2,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, 5 picks Jared Goff, former Super Bowl Rams, Jared Goff
1: Super Bowl appearance 27,
0: 83, 11, and 10 It's been a bad year That has it has been a bad year for Mr. Goff. Kyler Murray has just about better numbers, except for like 80 yards on on total yards. That's not even counting the rushing yards. Actually, I'm sure Kyler Murray destroys Goff in the rushing yards, which I shouldn't even say. I guess yes, he does because that's insane. However, they've been getting better, and now that Kenyon Drake has actually been good for a a franchise, unlike him dying in Miami. He is the starting running back now and has looked really good. And so um, I think that the Cardinals steal one at home. They're 1-3-1 uh, and one at home. The Rams are 3-2 on the road. Um, listen, I don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year. They're 6-4. and four.
1: They're not going to make um, the playoffs.
0: The NFC is too good with the teams they have in it right now. So I think just by sheer other teams being better, strictly better than the Rams, I don't think they get in. Uh, and so, oh, there it is right there. Kyler Murray has 418 r- rushing yards this year. So total, he has over 3,100 yards, uh, total yards.
1: Okay. So it can be Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Welcome to Jalen Ramsey. I want to see him throw against it. I want to see him escape Aaron Donald. Uh, I want to see him, uh, escape Clay Matthews. All right. This is an elite defense. This isn't your, your mom's defense here. This is a legit defense. And with Jalen Ramsey, they did all they needed to do to try to be competitive. Unfortunately, it was one person too late. Um, Goff sucks. And I think they're starting to realize that the utilization of Todd Gurley over the last couple of weeks has increased. And I think that trend is going to continue for them to realize like it's Todd Gurley's back is going to be sore because Jared Goff has lost all his confidence this year. Um, so I'm picking the Rams. I think they're the better team. Um, and Kyler Murray is going to be a really good quarterback, but it's still developing. Mm-hmm. Um Course is last lastly uh, is it Seattle goes to the Vikings?
0: Wait, I thought Charger's yeah. Denver we had different no oh. okay no uh, this is our last one yep it is the Vikings go to Seattle
1: and I picked the Vikings you picked Seattle
0: <sighs> Seattle three and wait three and two at home which means there's six and no oh on the road damn okay so Seattle's three wow. and two at home there's six and no oh on the road yeah let's go So Seattle's three and two at home. Minnesota's three and three on the road, which means at home Minnesota's five and zero. Oh. That's interesting. Anyways, um, I get it. I get it. Kirk Cousins has been on a tear Captain for what, three or four weeks in a row. Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league, if not one of them. Stephon Diggs and Thielen, who should be back this week, could be one of the best combos in the, in the league as well. I just think that Russell Wilson, uh, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon. DJ Metcalf, who's in the running for rookie of the year as well. I think it's just going to be too much. And at home, you know, the tw- the 12th man is deadly. Uh, and so don't get me wrong. This is going to be a great game. It's the next Monday night game. It's a week from now. So, I mean, it's going to be a really, really good game. The crowd's going to be loud. Seattle's going to show up. Russell Wilson's going to show up. And I think that uh, Seattle gets 10-2 and two at home.
1: Okay. You guys – you know me and captain kirk we've I, i've been a loyal follower except the one time i tried to throw his ship but i'm back on it i mean he's a top five caliber quarterback if not a top three in the nfl right now and i'm comfortable saying that he has a quarterback rating of 114.8 in the last five games he's thrown 12 touchdowns no picks on the season he's 21 touchdowns to only three picks if you want to extend it to the last six games it's 16 touchdowns to one pick
0: Russell twenty four three. Just throwing it out there.
1: Oh, good. So they can match each other. And then it's a matter of weapons. Three more touchdowns. It's 18 more. Listen, points, bro. I, I'll get the frig out of here. All right. Um, What Seattle does have is Russell Wilson, who can scramble. But I think the defense is going to be a little bit better than Seattle's. And I think with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook just adds. Oh, crap. Just found out my wife goes to work. Yikes. Um, Yes. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> So. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I just think. I think Kirk Cousins, the they have a more complete team that can compete with the numbers and Seattle's like good for 24 to 27 points. Kirk Cousins is gonna lead this team to over 30 points to win.
0: This game, I believe, I'm checking right now. Um, they it has seeding implications. Yes, it does. Seattle's five and Minnesota is six right now in the NFC playoffs. So Okay, so uh, the winner of next week's Monday night game is going to jump into that um, five and six seed. And, you know, that doesn't really do much um, in the moment for as far as home field, just because both of those teams are going on the road in week one. But the fact that we're going to have two 10 plus win teams and a wild card and the NFC is ridiculous. Um so this game actually does have playoff implications right away. You know, there are still, you know, 5 we are 4 weeks left after. A lot can it. happen. Yeah, a lot can happen, but um it'll, you know, that that'll be for the uh the 5th seed in the playoffs as of right now. Um and so that wraps it up, right? That was our last game. Yep. So that wraps it up for this week's episode of the Totally Biased podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did and want to comment, send us a question, send us a voicemail, however you want to do it, <laughs> you can. Uh, just follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealTBPodcast. And then uh, feel free to email us at RealTBPodcast at com. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Uh, we love you all. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.
1: And you guys just want to, from Total Bias Podcast, have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. And just enjoy a lot of good food with your family and maybe even a little drink.
0: That's right. Have a good week. Be safe.